Digital Agents Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Chime. Chime offers an award-winning sales acceleration platform built for the real estate industry. Powered by artificial intelligence, Chime delivers the data insights agents and teams need to make the most out of the leads they already have and to get to a close faster. Through an expanding partner network, Chime's easy-to-use conversion platform also delivers quality sales-ready leads from the get-go. It eliminates time-consuming manual tasks and helps agents focus on what matters most, building their network, servicing clients, and growing the bottom line. To learn more about how Chime can help you, visit www.chime.me or call 833-682-4463. So, so many humans in general, but obviously we're talking to a real estate audience, have a variety of paths that they navigate down in their lives. And many of us have had trauma uh, as, as either young, uh, young humans or adults and have had to overcome. They have to choose what they do in their life to overcome. Some of us have come from different uh, ethnicities. They come from different backgrounds and maybe maybe they changed uh, the country that they lived in and they had to overcome that. Uh, many of us are having to overcome just the various hurdles that are being thrown at us uh, through, the, through the economy, through the economic times. And all of it is relevant to all of us, no matter which area you come from or all of them. And today's guest is going to be able to speak to that and how how she has been able to overcome so many things from her past uh, mm-hmm. and then how she's applying them today. And I'm really excited specifically to talk about some of the mistakes that she made as a new agent and how she uses agent networking and the things that she loves to grow her business. Uh, And also uh, she specifically mentioned, she wants to talk about how we treat leases and how they can turn into millions of dollars worth of sales uh, in due time. And so many of us real estate professionals ignore this. So I'm excited to have this conversation today uh, with our guest, who is Karina Pacific. Welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? I'm very good. I'm very good. I'm glad to be here. And for those of you that uh, don't know what goes on behind the scenes, I almost missed this. Uh, I'm I'm especially excited to be here, and I'm glad that you waited around for me, Karina. I was waiting here just with my little two, you know, doggies and yeah, was not going anywhere. Well, awesome. I'm glad you're here. And so Karina, let's start here. Obviously, I've I've put this on a tee and said, this is what you can expect today. But let's start with your story. Like tell our audience your story, how you came to be where you are today. Thank you. But thanks for doing this. I told you initially, I love what you guys do. You and Tristan, you guys are rock stars. You guys give us so much great content. So yeah. Thanks. Um, I was born and raised in Mexico in a little beach town uh, of Tampico, Tamaulipas, which is uh, right off the Gulf. I'm a beach girl at heart. That Maybe that's why I live and do real estate in Manhattan Beach and the South Bay Beach cities. And I came to America in May 85 by a complete miracle of God. And I was raised uh, pretty much parentless. I did not really, I had a, a mother, a single mom, but she was never around. She was working a lot. So I was sort of left off to uh, fend for myself and ponder around different families, you know, throughout. And then in 85, when also in as far as just the upbringing back home, because I was alone so much, there was a child abuse and being parentless and the trauma of, of that just not being given what every child deserves, which is 
a childhood, you know, happy sort of bringing, being supportive, elevated, protected, fed, and what have you. So I have used, um, I think those, those tools, those, those lack ups for, to gain in my future life. I believe that uh, life doesn't happen to us. It happens for us. So what, what did it, why did it happen? You know, and there was a lot of self-assessment, self-introspection into how do I use the past for fuel? So that took a journey. I love that. And, and part of the reason why I, I like to talk about that aspect of this, not because obviously it's a fun topic, especially for you, uh, but because so many of us, especially Americans, right? We're, we're very fortunate. And, and I feel like a lot of this country and just people, and I'm one of them, you know, mm-hmm. we take that for granted. And then we go through what we consider to be difficult times, like the things we're going through right now, high interest rates, low inventory, you know, all the things that make our business challenging. And we say, woe is me and, and life is hard and business is hard. And, and in reality, when you stop and you retrospect and you look back, you say, gosh, there are people out there that had way worse circumstances and, and, and have been able to overcome. And the reason I like to use that as that segue is like, if People like you can overcome some of the things you had to overcome. We can certainly overcome the challenges that are thrown at us in our business. And so, you know, for you, you know, and you you mentioned by the grace of God, you came to the United States, but then you went on to tell us that you coming to the United States arguably made it even more challenging. Now, all of a sudden you've got a mom who's got to work all the time to survive. And now you're getting passed around and there was some neglect and maybe some abuse. Like, give us some context on that. Well, you know, I think what saved me besides my faith, which I I have deep faith and that's sort of carried me through is my curiosity. And I think if we can stay curious and open to learn why, what am I supposed to learn in this instance? Why did that happen? And then turned it into a positive. I'm intuitively a positive person, maybe because my background was so sad and dark and sort of empty and such a lack of that looking at the positive is much more fun and much more optimistic. It's uplifting. You rise, you breathe better, right? You're, you're elevated. And when we stay into the, into the victim, into the woes me, I didn't have this, I didn't have that. That's, it, it kind of brings you energetically, brings you down and there's, and it kind of feeds in itself. So um, at some point in my childhood, I just, I saw that I was, um, I was always pulled to, the fun stuff to the glass half full to, to good people, because I didn't really have a lot of good in my childhood. So I, you know, I pulled to the other side. I'm like, let me try this. And that was more appealing. Yeah. I mean, it's easy for someone like you, and I'm sure there's countless stories of people that come from a similar upbringing where, you know, it's easy to find trouble. It's easy to find a negative path and, and using that, as it relates to real estate or business in general is it's easy to give up. And I think that's what people that, you know, have an upbringing or a past like yours, that's ultimately what's ended up happening is they look at it. Like, I'm just not fortunate. It wasn't, I just, you know, was dealt a bad hand and I'm not going to make it like they've given up before they started. And, and so what would be something, you know, that you learned from your past? Obviously you said your outlook, the way you looked at things, but when you're talking to, you know, a, a real estate audience who 
many of them right now, the entire industry has a good excuse to say, eh, this is impossible. This is hard. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and pack it in for a while and figure it out later, or I'm going to leave the industry altogether. Right. And, and so what, what would you say to somebody like that based on your, your upbringing? Well, it's, it's tough because I, there was such a, a, a lack of, I mean, I, I didn't have running water or hot water at home. I did. And then I had a bathroom. There was an outhouse outside and I had to do, I didn't have laundry until I came to America, like a washer and dryer, like I don't take anything for granted much. Maybe a couple of times we get a little spoiled, but I don't take a lot for granted. Like uh, it's driving me crazy that I have a leak in my house and there's water being sort of spilled out because like water, that water can go to somewhere in in the family in Africa or somewhere, even in my hometown where I have to go and support wells. Like there's not a lot that I take for granted. And we are very lucky. We're very lucky, even in hard times in our industry, or personally, like it will get better and just learn from this, stick to it, stick to it. What, what's the lesson here? And we just, we just have to pivot. That's been an overused word, but we have to do work differently. We have to approach our clients differently and we have to do a different types of marketing and it just, just have to go around it in a different way. Does it mean it would be so boring if it was the same, wouldn't it? <laughs> I yeah, feel like it was the yeah. same. It was so ritual, like all the time. Like we wouldn't learn and we wouldn't grow, right? So. Yeah, but 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 and and I I get what you're saying. And from my perspective, I I agree. Like the, it's times like these that help define people and they define their success. But I think general human nature is to do what's comfortable, and yeah. that is why right. most. That's why most you know, professionals don't succeed at a very high level. They end up staying very mediocre. And I think that's the message today for everyone, whether you're at that high level, this is a reassuring message to you. And if you're, if you're at that level where it's like, gosh, I never can break through. Ultimately, I, this is what I would say. I mean, it's like, you always have to look in the mirror. It's never anyone else's fault. You have to look in the mirror on what you could do better, not what circumstances have been presented to you, but how can you improve? So for you, and I know this wasn't necessarily the topic that we intended to go on, and we'll we'll get back to where we yeah, want to yeah. go. But you know what what are what are you doing? You know, so obviously you've overcome your your own personal, you know, uh, your your own personal story. But what are you going to do as we continue to navigate what could be a very volatile next twelve months or more? My brokerage where we're at, we the our sales management does a really good job at getting together with um our age with each agent. We're a really profitable niche little independent boutique in South Bay, and we do a lot of high network beach sales. And so we treat it very serious. And we just had our annual business plan meetings, and we did it last year, and we got to compare, and we realized that. We need to every year sort of pivot. So last year's pillars are, you know, different from this year's pillars. Like how, how did you use last year's pillars? How did they, what did you do with each other? What were the action items? And will you carry some of those pillars to next year? Will you change them around? And it was really good to compare, to sit down, look at your numbers, look at the pillars, your main business, say your pillars are your past clients, your sphere, your open houses or social media, what have you, and compare them to how you're going to change your business next year. Cause it has to change a little bit, right? Like maybe one pillar did not work. You leave that behind. And 
one of my new pillars will be social media. I haven't really fully leaned, leaned into social media. I'm pretty okay, but like I haven't gone balls out, you know? Mm-hmm. So how, what are the action items that I'm going to do? So it's just changing and looking at, you know, our past habits, our past patterns and seeing what do we change? What, what do we kick off? What do we, do, what do we add? And, and each item that you add, what are those action items? And then you just carry it on to the next year. So it's just about changing. And now it's, it's easier said than done, but it has to be applied. And, you know, I had doubled by doing that, that business planning and um, our sales managers are amazing. I was able to double my business. So now I gotta go, gosh, I, I, I really have to double up now next year. These pillars better be good. And I have to really, you know, lean in and, and sort of act on them. And that's the main sort of thing to do, action, not just write them down. Is there anything specific that you can share with the audience? Because I, I mean, the message is great, which is, you know, and we use this as a title for some of our talks, which is evolve. And ours is very specific to social branding, marketing, but right. we say that evolve your brand or go extinct. And yeah. in, in your case, what you're saying is evolve your business or go extinct, because that's ultimately what's going to happen. The world is changing faster than ever. And if you don't, I'm going to use your word again, if you don't pivot if you don't, if you don't change, if you don't evolve, if you don't shift, whatever you want to use, you know, you're likely to die from a business perspective. Right. And so do you have any specific examples that you will be willing to share of what you have done or what you're going to be doing as we shift out of the last two years where you basically just had to have a pulse and the business was in your lap now? We're back to having to work for it again and not only having to work for it, it's also challenging times with high interest rates and low inventory and all these things, right? And, and recessionary times. What what are you going to do? Well, I'm going to what I learned. The majority of my business was referral, like word of mouth. And what I did last year was our uh, brokerage gave us, you know, stream of leads through uh, Zillow Flex and a couple of other programs that they brought they bring in. Mm-hmm. And I'd never converted before until last year. I didn't know how to convert. I didn't know how to the follow up. You you got to follow up, and you got to stay on trying to, you know, get creative with how to follow up. And and before the business came to me as referrals, and that's easy because it's like a soft, it's a soft sale. Um, I'm going to add to that. I'm going to keep it. I liked it. I I like meeting new people and figuring out what. They need it and just the art of it, the psychology behind that. Um, I'm like, I'm kind of good at it. I didn't realize I was good at it. So I'll continue to do it. And also, just like I said, social media will be a new one. You know, it's quite, I mean, you guys are out such great content and information that has, will help me in, in going forward. That'll be another pillar, something to do. I do, I have a lot of great relationships through Instagram that have not converted to business yet, but they will, you know, I'm, I'm just sort of tiptoeing in that direction, but I have great colleagues throughout the nation that I, I've referred to, and then I'm sure it'll come back in some way, but so like- those, those are the two elements that I'll, you know, I'll add to my, the recipe of success, I guess. Anything specific uh, that you're planning on doing with social? More video. I think I'd be very purposeful. You know, there's some great, you know, agents out there that do a really good job at the information. You just give value, give substance, give something that will be useful. I think I do it. it some of my business has come from 
charity work. I'm very active in my community. So that's very sort of hands-on in my community. So maybe that can be transferred over into social media, you know? It's not seen. You're not supposed to really brag about being charitable, but maybe there's a way. Yeah, I, I wouldn't call it bragging as much as just sharing. Uh, that's yeah. just being authentic and sharing. And yeah, you're right. It's it's, uh, and I can go down. I could go down this rabbit hole, but I'm not going to let you. <laughs> I'm not going to let you let me go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> but it's really just turning on your camera more often to what you're doing in your life because it, it it creates relatability about the about who you are as a human, and not always having sales breath saying look at me, I'm a realtor, use me. Hey, you want to buy or sell your house? Like people are turned off by that. And yeah. our society is evolving to the point where they're really getting more turned off by that. So I love that you shared that. Now you brought up, which gives me the opportunity to segue away from me preaching to you, uh, talking about how you have used agent networking and use the things that you're passionate about, which you alluded to with, with charity. Tell us about that. Like how, how does that work? How are you bringing that back around into potentially business the uh the charitable part of yeah. it yeah well i think because well coming from very little like in, in doing what i love and thriving i i, be, I believe that we, we are as you know we need to bring contribution we we're as good as our contribution and i'm very blessed for where i'm at so i i want to get back it's a way it causes nonprofits for children are very important to me and also community. I knew during when COVID happened, which is kind of when I came out of my shell with video, I was, you know, I was missing people. I love people. I'm very social. So I started getting on camera and I, I realized, gosh, I miss, I miss community. And somewhere along there, I, I joined the, the local Rotary in our South Bay. And this, the, the Rotary is an international nonprofit foundation that you, you, a member and you can pick whatever you want as far as uh, projects. You can do international projects, local projects, children, youth, and what have you. And I love that because I just you can choose what you can and want. And from there, I've gotten really involved. Now I'm the community chair, and from there, I've gotten a couple of sales. Which you know, you do it for for the work for the be charitable. But from there, like minded people are going to support you. And, and that's it's sort of some of the areas that has grown my business. Yeah. Does that answer your question? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, is there anything, is there anything specific though that, so is it, is it really just a, ultimately a form of networking for you? Do you think? And, and, it and is. I mean, it ultimately is I, some of the members told me that, you know, this started as a, as a networking business, you know, group. But it's, you know, you're not supposed to really do it that way or be sort of a from not like Toastmasters or the other ones that are out there is very blatantly about networking across. It just is very natural, very organic. It just comes from, you know, you, you're supporting the community. We want to support you. And that's become a networking grouping. We get together for a little uh, happy hours once a month. We Every week we meet, we have a speaker and they're like, oh yeah, that, I need to refer a painter or whatever it is. So-and-so does this or financial planning. We have, we seem to have one of each category. So it helps because you want to support the people that support the community. And, and then you have all these different professionals that you can sort of give to your clients and you met, met you know, matchmake. I love it. I love it. Now let's go back. Let's, let's rewind the clock to, to the beginning of your career. 
And, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of new agents over the last several years and probably a lot of agents that might also be, be, you know, vacating the industry. Uh, but you know, I think you've got, you, you've got some stories from the mistakes that you've made that might be able to help an agent or two, you know, a, A, turn it around, B, survive. And so tell us about that. Well, when I started, I it was maybe a few months in and a gentleman, a colleague from my brokerage asked me to join him in his new venture, which was um, there was a niche here. We live in the beach cities. So there's a lot of, you know, people want to come as a destination spot. And he started a vacation rental company. I went from one company to 100. I mean, one home to 100 homes uh, in the South Bay. And we started in. I did really well financially right away because there was such a demand and I can use that knowledge and with my investors that want to have a second home and we can sort of, you know, short term it, but the ordinance happened maybe a couple of years in and that shifted our, um, our demand because instead of a week's day, it had to be a month's day. And that with that change, what that did for me is I, I had this little awakening that wait, wait, I got into real estate to do real estate, not to do short-term rentals. So I stopped that altogether. But that gave me the knowledge of that industry before it was so big now, you know, like Airbnb and VRBO. After like the second, third year, I realized I've been so busy with short-term rentals, uh, which is great knowledge, but I am still a new agent, like two, three years. Like I still haven't really transacted so much. And I should have, my mistake was not joining a team. I should have joined a team I sh- and, and I should have really sat down, assessed really who I was as an agent. Am I a cold caller? Am I an open house person? Am I a door knocker? Like what kind of agent? Where are my strengths? Where are my weaknesses? And then from there, go and interview teams that were going to come in and help me in, in those weaknesses and even the strengths, you know? Can I shadow them? Can I can can I find a mentor? Can I go and help people help me transact? And how do you go? You know, how do you deal with the inspections? How do you deal with all that stuff? Like, I think if I can give an advice, like find who you are, what kind of professional you want to be. You know, what what are your strengths that you can use to grow your business, and then find the group that is going to support you. And teams were not very abundant back then. This was like, you know, nine years ago. Teams are a big deal now, you know? Mm-hmm. It was a different time. It wasn't like, a talk. there were a few good ones, I, but I just, they were not as, you know, they're not the trend as they are now. What would you say are probably the, you know, so if, if you narrow it down, what, what would be some of the bigger mistakes that you made and how did you overcome them? Again, joining, not joining a team that should have, um, I should have, done when I should have really, like I said, assessed who I was, what kind of agent am I? I'm okay at open houses, maybe not waste my time with them. You know, I'm, I'm much better. I'm, you know, out in events. I'm more relatable. People are go with like-minded people. People refer me just by seeing me or just by talking and doing like-minded things. So I just, it's those things. I should have leaned into the things that uh, were gaining me business as opposed to trying to do things that I'm not so great at. Is there any specific advice that you would give for how to find the right team? Because you also can sometimes hear from people who say, you know, I, I think I had poor leadership in the beginning and that's what that's it set me back. And so 
Although I think most would agree trying to do it on your own is probably pretty challenging. But how do you find the right team? Any of you them, any of you them. And um, because, you know, they will be lucky to have you, you know, they, you're bringing them business eventually, you know, essentially, like I just interview them, see how reputable they are in your market, make sure that their, their reputation is worthy of praise and of mentioning to your clients. I am with, you know, so-and-so team and we do this type of numbers and we work with the community like you want a, a team that that you are proud to be in and with and you that mentor how available is this person going to be uh, to you and how long have they been in the business what kind of business do they do how do they gain their business so like just really dive into this person you're gonna be under and mm-hmm. The plan, how long do you want to stay with them? Two years, a three-year plan? Or are you you like to be in a team in general? Or do you, do you just want the training and move along, you know, on your own and just spread your wings? So it, it really starts with self. Like in general, right? In life, in general business, it starts with self. Like really take an audit of what kind of professional you want to be as a person and with a team. If someone, though, is sitting here listening to this and saying to themselves, I'm not really sure. I don't know what I don't know yet. So I'm not really sure what questions to ask. Do you have any uh, specific examples that you would share with somebody who's kind of in that, in that, uh, in that mold? Hmm. I don't know. You know, we don't know what we know, but we do know, you know, I, again, to me, I would just sit and go, what I do know is my habits and what I'm good at and what are the areas that I'm not so good at. And in real estate, you know, maybe do a little bit of searching of real estate entails, entails marketing, entails now social media, entails cold calling, entails, you know, open houses, sphere, calling your clients, getting on the phone, like make a line of all those things we hear all these agents that are good at and not so good at and just check off. I, I think I'm really good at this. I'm going to be the networker. I'm going to be the guy at the bar that talks to everybody and I just know how to talk to people and they, that's like, whatever it is, like get back to who you are and in your strengths and then, and then write down the weaknesses. And because from those items, so those ingredients, then you can ask those questions to the teams that you're interviewing. Are they going to be able to fill in the blanks? Are they going to be able to, to enhance your strengths, you know, and, and have a plan with them? How, and do you need really a lot of hand holding? Do you need, a, you know, are you a hand holder or do you just, are you a quick learner? Like, so it's just a self-assessment first, right? Mm-hmm. Now, do you um, recommend, you recommend someone interviewing teams from multiple brokerages to get a complete? Yeah. Oh yeah. Interview? Because they all have different structures, right? So then you have your team and then the team is under a brokerage and that brokerage has structures so and different, you know, compensation setups and, what is the compensation within the team? And is there a, um, every time you meet your goal, does it drop down? And mm-hmm. uh, I lost the word. But yeah, like it just, you also want to make sure that the, the numbers add up. Is, um, uh, it's going to kill me. What is it when you meet your your quota, it, then it, the structure sort of enhances? It's going to come to me later. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I know what you mean. I know yeah. what you mean. But, but I, and I think too, also it's, 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 um, I, I think a lot of people go into this as they feel like they are the novice. So they feel like maybe, maybe they can't ask or really 
create an accountability for the team that you're potentially going to join. And, and I think, like you said, Dick, sitting back and assessing who, who are you, what are your goals, but yeah. really understanding that will allow you to then challenge the people that you're interviewing to say, this is where I want to go. And how are you going to get me there and see, I guess, really see who has the best plan for that. Would you, would you agree that that would be a good? Yeah. yeah you got to interview them as much as they interview you. I mean, they want team players. They want people, the teams want to grow. Mm-hmm. So they're, you're, you're essentially offering your goods and can you help me with my goods? And then can you help me with, with the areas I need help with? And because you're ultimately, they are, they're going to help you and then you're going to give them business. You're going to gain business for them. And it's mm-hmm. a teamwork as community. So it behooves both to interview both, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that. And I, and I hope that helps. I hope that helps some of our listeners. Yeah, and and, and honestly, not just, not just the new agent, but the person who is the team leader doing the interviews. I mean, how you are prepared and can react to any and every question will also be very uh, indicative of your success in attracting these people to your teams. I hopped around brokerages a lot. I, I feel like that's the one thing that b- because I was I didn't know what kind of agent I was at the beginning. I went to another brokerage and this other brokerage. I finally found a home that no other brokerage. I, I don't know how many I've been on, but this is the first one where they set us down. We did business planning. We did pillars. They check in with us all the time. It's an amazingly collaborative brokerage. There's 30 something of us and we all help each other out. Like if we can't do a showing there, we, you know, we're in this group text, find your people. The more you self-assess, the more you kind of get down and gritty with the kind of person and agent you want to be in that you are, you'll find your community. It'll sort of come your way. But this is the first that again brokerage that that I finally figured out what I needed. And it's not perfect because you know it means as you're growing and they're challenging me in, in business areas that needed to be challenged, you know, sometimes we were assist because mm. we like comfort, but it's part of the growth. And I mean yeah, I think I finally found a home, but it took it took some time. That's why I say if I would have done it better, I would have done this self-audit, you know, Center. much earlier. Yeah. yeah. What uh and I don't think I don't know if you've mentioned, but how long have you been in the business? Well, years. Yeah. Well, awesome. Yeah. And that's and how long did it take you to find your home? The last two years. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It took a while because every every, you know, every brokerage has a certain theme, a certain thing, way they they run things. Sometimes it's just PR, sometimes nobody goes to the office. There's no collaboration. Sometimes it's, you know, everybody is very spread out. This is a very, you know, special little, it's called uh, Bayside Real Estate in, in Manhattan Beach, South Bay. And um, there's a great group of, of management and uh, leadership. So it, it took some, some searching. And I was not afraid of moving around, even though it's even frowned upon, you know, so you like not committed, but it's, you, you have to find your people, your community. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's an interesting, it's an interesting comment and and even fact that, so it it just goes to show you that it's not just new agents. It's, it's a, it's a 10 year quote unquote vet 
It, is. it took that long to figure this out. And there's probably people listening to this right now that probably feel the same way. And uh, although I agree with you that, you know, moving around a lot might not look great. Um, I, I think that's a part of, of the maturity in the business, which is kind of figuring out what is best for you as an individual, because what might be best for you might not be best for someone else. And that's where you really have to, that's all it goes back to looking in that mirror and figuring out who am I and what is most important to me? Is it culture? Is it commission? Is it leads? Is it leadership? What is it, you know, and, and really defining that is, is critical. And I think a lot of, I think there's a lot of people listening to this probably they needed to hear that. Oh, I'm um, glad. I hope. But I think on the upside, because I'm obnoxiously positive and I'll turn something clearly based on your childhood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll turn anything a positive, but what good came out of hopping around different brokerages is that I made such a, so, so many great relationships with realtors just all over our area network LA is a big network of, of that colleagues that are friends that are some of them are family that I can go and like, what's going on with your brokerage or what's, you know, what's coming soon or what's the collaboration that's come from there and friendships and just respect, you know, I still sort of moved around as a professional. I wasn't just sort of playing around. I was just trying to figure out my best business, but the networking realtor networking has been amazing from that. That's awesome. That's, yeah. that's, that's great. And, and I don't, and I, I know we're running a little short on time, so I wanted to make sure we we talk about what you mentioned or what I mentioned that you had mentioned to me, which is, which is treating leases as future business. And I think, okay. you know, so many agents, again, we're, we're, we have commission breath and it's like, will this net me uh, the highest result right now? And, you know, it's, it's why so many of us in the business struggle because the, most good strategies are a long game. You know, right. just just like leads, just like social media, just like traditional marketing, just like leases, it's a long game. So tell us your perspective on that. Well, when I first, the very beginning, maybe my third, fourth year, and I had this lease, it was about my third year, and, and that lease turned into four sales and another lease. It gave me about seven, eight million dollars. And one of those clients that's kind of, Four million dollars in it is their dear friends, their family. I'm using their flat in London this this December with my daughter. Like they, and I don't say like the lease is going to get you a trip, but it's that there is a long term thing, and they become these are the people that are going to refer me. But I would these are leases. Eventually, people want to buy, so you want to stay with them and and turn them into a buy organically into a purchase. And then move them up. And that's turned up into a lot of business for me. Right now, I had a lease that was um, in Redonda Beach. And it just had some obstacles that didn't work for a lot of people. So everybody that would come in, it would call me without an agent. I, I would have a list of other leases in the area within that price point. Well, this doesn't work. How about this one? And I put two other couples and two other leases. And that's going to, those are future clients. Those are leads, right? Those I'm going to nurture. I'm going to know them for their from out of state. I'm showing them around town. I'm their person here. And they're going to think of me when hopefully they buy and hopefully they stay in the state. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been lucrative business for me. 
Do you think that um, some people might be listening to this thinking to themselves, well, you live in that high-end beach-ish community, and that's more applicable to you than a, just a random Midwestern or or non, non-coastal city? Yeah. No, I think, don't. I mean, every renter wants to eventually wants, wants to become a homeowner, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, most people don't want to rent forever. Yeah. So why so, wouldn't help them? So generally speaking, in, in in today's world where where as we mentioned, interest rates are very high and there's going to be a lot more, you know, uh a lot a lot more just humans renting yeah. over buying, mainly because of just ignorance and limiting beliefs, because really the reality is is they're arguing they're gonna pay more money that's gonna go to nothing versus um owning yeah. and having that opportunity. But when you can't necessarily convince somebody that that buying is best you know, spending a little bit of time with them on that lease. And then of course, I imagine then it comes down to nurture, right. And long-term and staying yeah. in front of them. Um, you're saying that, that, that can turn into a lot of business. I don't think a lot of agents think of it that way. I think they just shy away from it because they don't get a commission. Well, we do, we get a little or, or minimal. We get a, we get a minimum. minimum. I mean, a little bit is better than nothing. And we you know we do a lot of work that we don't get paid for until many years later. So we're already doing a lot of work just, you know, just help people that need help. And it's a, a little check, but maybe their friends are looking for a realtor. You, you add them to your drip, add them to your marketing, keep reminding them that you're an agent. They may always be a renter, but they'll know people that are, that are want to buy. And you just got to be, you know, in the forefront of, of the mindset. I'm Love still it. here. Yeah. And just stay in touch and may, you know, I do, I do different gifting or uh, client appreciation stuff for my, obviously my active clients as, as my least clients. So you just treat them differently, but still kind of touch them in yeah. some other. Yeah. I love that. So Karina, if somebody wanted to reach out to you and, and just, and use you as, as a resource or, you know, they're going through something that you've gone through and, or want to pick your brain, what's the best way to to connect with you? My Instagram, DM me or call me, uh, Insta handle is Karina Pacific Homes. Um, my number is 310-529-4292 or karinapacific.com. If you're in town, you want to, you know, I love Los Angeles. I have a great passion for this crazy La La Land. So if you're coming over, you need some great restaurants and some landmarks to go to and please reach out. I I, I love sort of suggesting what the best parts to see of uh, this crazy city. I love it. I love it. Karina, you've obviously shared some awesome, some awesome feedback, some awesome stories. And and ultimately, I think what we want to get through to our audience is, is, you know, what's what's working now? What what has helped so the listener be able to overcome whatever challenges they're currently facing and or help them help someone else? And I think you're a great, you're a great um a great story and uh, obviously a great example of what is possible in this industry and uh, and life in general. And uh, I thank you for sharing with our audience and it was really great to get to, m- get to meet you. Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate it. This episode of the Lab Code Agents podcast is brought to you by RedX, the complete real estate prospecting solution. RedX offers high quality lead data on expireds, for sale by owners, vacant rental property owners, pre-foreclosures, and geo-leads, the number one data source for neighborhood prospecting. You can also filter, organize, and call your leads inside Vortex, the all-in-one lead management platform, free with any lead subscription. With RedX, you get more than just phone numbers. You get all the tools you need to connect with more homeowners who are actively looking to sell. RedX is offering our listeners $150 off 
Just go to redx.bz forward slash LCA. That's R-E-D-X dot B-Z forward slash LCA to sign up for RedX today. Lab Coat Agents Podcast.